Hi there, and welcome to a very special Winter Meetings preview edition of the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Today, we are recording on December 7th, 2019, a date which will not live in particular infamy. Uh, not on today's date. I mean, talking about 1941, it's a whole different story. Really? What happened that day? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Uh, yeah. Anyway... Uh, Pearl Harbor jokes aside, because everyone loves a good Pearl Harbor joke, uh, two big pieces of Nats news that uh, came out this weekend before we start the winter meetings preview. The first was good, uh, the second less good, but we'll talk about the first one first. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday, uh, it came out that the Nationals have re-signed Howie Kendrick to a one-year $6.25 million deal. Reportedly. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. But uh, one year, $6.25 million with apparently a mutual option for 2021. Uh, obviously, uh, this is a great move for sentimental reasons because everyone loves Howie Kendrick. Uh, but Especially Adam Eaton. It was his birthday when they resigned him. It was a that's good so nice. Now, what, I, buddy's back. what I've always wondered is, do you think that they find out via Twitter like I, the rest of us? Yes. Because I... Well, I know that they do for most transactions. Like, if you see a trade or something like that, when you're well, you talking saw about Blake Snell, yeah, you right. saw Blake Snell, He's uh, screaming. What what did he call uh, prospects? Slapdick prospects. Slapdick prospects. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I, I'm wondering if there's like a group text and Howie Kendrick texted like "I'm back, bitches" or something like that. And then they say "Yes, Queen." Of course. Of course. And that um, the guy who said "Yas Queen" was uh, obviously, ad, yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly you know a "Yas Queen" type of guy. Of course, um, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I know for most of the part, most of the time that players find out, like sometimes when players get traded, they find out over Twitter, right? But for tra- yeah, that's, that's for trades. But for free agent signings, well, free agent, imagine, free like, agent re-signings is my question. Yeah, I have to imagine like if your friends are on the team, like, hey, coming to play for you guys. Again or whatever, um, coming home. Yeah, so I'd imagine that. Yeah, he probably texted beforehand. But anyway, well, one would hope. One would hope he at least knew before mm-hmm. it leaked. Yeah. Uh, although that's not always true. Uh, I read if you I reread the uh, the Barry Servaluga piece about Bryce Harper's signing with the Phillies, and apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he had received a three hundred and thirty million dollar offer from. The Phillies was known to Twitter before it was known to him, which I just wow. thought was really interesting. That's funny. Uh, anyway, uh, Kendrick so, coming back yeah. is is a terrific signing for the Nats. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who hit uh, you know one forty four OPS plus and in three hundred and fifty odd uh, plate appearances last year. He's going to be thirty seven years old, which I mean, obviously, he's not a Guaranteed bet to put up that kind of production again, especially since he's never done it in his career before. Uh, and uh, he's a guy you've got to manage with care because, again, he's 37. Uh, Two-year-long history of lower body injuries. Uh, but durability issues aside, he can play first, second, and third. And those are three positions where the Nats don't currently have a regular. 
Yeah. Uh, so the fact that you've got a guy in Kendrick with a good bat who can step in and play any one of those three is pretty big. Yeah. Also, um, you know, with the you know, if they dejuice the ball or whatever, you know, people might be worried about a guy like Kendrick. Kendrick hits the hell out of the ball. He has a hard one of the hardest um, exit velocities in all of baseball average. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last three years he's you know, broke. He's since he's coming to the Nationals. He's had a um, over 300 batting average, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head. You'd think we do research, but you know this podcast at this point. Research <laughs> optimal. Yeah. Um, if we feel Kendrick like is, it. Yeah, exactly. But since coming to the Nats, I mean, Kendrick has, as a Nat, Kendrick has a 322 batting average and 896 OPS. That's over three seasons. And that's a parts of two seasons, really, you know, with injuries and right. getting traded at the deadline. Well, really, I mean, um, it's really the number of plate appearances he's had is, is scarcely more than one season worth. But still, yeah. I, I mean, and, and obviously last year things were quite a bit better. I mean, 344, 395, 572. Uh, he can hit enough to play at any one of those three positions, even with his aging defense. Uh, obviously, for sentimental reasons, you want to see a guy like him back. I mean, he hit the two biggest home runs in Nationals history. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he was a great fit for the Nats for what they needed positionally. Obviously, the same is true of his Drupal Cabrera, even if the, the sentimental factor is less there. Uh, and maybe you don't need both of them. But uh, the Nats may need to get creative with what they do in the infield, Uh for the major reason that's a good segue into our second story of the Nats this week, which was the negative one. Uh, Mark Lerner, in an interview uh, with CSN Washington, came out and said that the Nats had no plans or or actually could not afford uh, both Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg. They're two major free agents. It makes no sense to me that he would say that. It's... It, first of all, it's it's obviously not true. Uh, the Nationals have made conservatively, just from ticket sales alone, uh, already probably twenty five to thirty million dollars from this playoff run and this World Series championship. Uh, that's money that they weren't anticipating beforehand. Uh, if you extrapolate that out into increased season ticket sales, which they will obviously have increased season ticket sales. They probably already do, given the the number of people who had to buy season tickets to get into the World Series. Uh, If you take that into account, you take into account other forms of increased uh, revenue. Obviously, uh, merchandise doesn't really fit into that category because all merchandise uh, revenue is pooled between all 32 or all 30 clubs. Uh, but if you take in other sources of revenue, plus the fact that the Nats have very nearly come to the conclusion of the Masson lawsuit, they should be due an additional, possibly, you know, it's hard to say how much, but it, it could be again, is somewhere in the, the range of $30 million dollars. In addition to the fact that they were already running a $200 million payroll, the Nats can very easily go over 
that luxury tax threshold. And they wouldn't even need to go over it by much. Like we said, the Nats were under it with Rendon and Strasburg on the team this year. We're talking annual raisins of for them uh, on an AAV basis of somewhere in the neighborhood of $12 million for Rendon and $5 million for Strasburg. Uh, and with Ryan Zimmerman's contract coming off the books uh, and him only being due you know, if they, and they probably will re-sign him, uh, $5 million as opposed to 18, the Nets can pretty much re-sign both players and only have a marginal increase in payroll. So for them to say that, it makes no sense. So here's the thing. I'm looking at sports, uh, uh, dot com mm-hmm. with the Nets payroll. Mm-hmm. And they have the Nats having $70 million of estimated tax space without going over the luxury tax. Right. Now, the luxury tax is malarkey. It's a, you know, excuse for owners not to... Joe Biden? Yes, Yes, I'm Joe Biden. Um, Malarkey, Liz Lemon. Um, (laughs) That's what I was referencing. I see. Yes. Uh, But it's um, $70 million right now. Let's assume... That Strasburg was going to get paid what? What do you what do you, what do you want to say he's going to get paid? Thirty million. Uh, I would say yeah, somewhere. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because again, we're dealing with a free market type situation. I could see him getting over two hundred million dollars, even with all the red flags, yeah. uh, because and this this bears repeating. This is the best free agent class of starting pitching that you're going to see for a couple of years at least. If you want your ace. You saw what Zach Wheeler got paid. I mean, Zach Wheeler's on the media hype train for some reason. Well, but he got uh, paid. I'll, I'll say this about Wheeler: you could make a pretty compelling case that the Mets misused him. Uh, I screenshotted a graphic a couple of days ago from MLB Network. I was talking about how he used his sinker as opposed to his four seamer. Uh, he used it 29% to the four-seamer, 30%, uh, with really poor results. Uh, an opponent's OPS that was uh, well above that with his four-seamer. And his whiff percentage on his four-seamer was uh, 12% higher than it was with the sinker. Uh, and you can make the argument that in the modern game, Having a guy who throws 98 become a 98-mile-an-hour sinker baller is going to take away from his effectiveness. Uh, And obviously, teams see the 98-mile-an-hour fastball. They see the stuff. They see the hype that Wheeler had as a prospect. Uh, And 118 is a very high number, but uh, I can see why they were paying for stuff rather than results with him. I get get why they signed that contract. But the, the point um, is that with Cole Strasburg, these are your. This is for a long time, you know, unless Max Scherzer rebounds uh, and is still an ace type guy at age 37, him or Thor in two years. But this is going to be your last chance in a while to get an ace on the open market. So that could create uh, sort of. Uh, ballooning effect on that Strasburg contract, even with the red flags. Yeah. So let's just, for, for our purpose, say he's going to get paid $30 million. 
Sure. Seven, seven through ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Rendon will probably get at le- he'll get at least thirty, or somewhere around thirty. Let's say he gets like thirty-five million a year. Right. That's sixty-five million dollars right there. That puts us at uh, one seventy-two of the active payroll, and puts us with five and with tax allowances only puts us with five million dollars before the luxury tax. Right. Well, you still got a whole rest of a team to build. Exactly. You have to but get that, relievers. Yes, it's, you have. It's a tough situation that the Nats are in. It's not because that's a lie. It is not I mean, a tough. No, situation. it is. It, it, I mean, here's the thing. I think they should go after both of them. I think they definitely can afford to go after both of them. But the reason why it's a tough situation is because you have to sign two of the three top free agents, and that's sure. tough in any market to do. Except for the fact that the Nats have ins with two of those three free agents. And they have the payroll space to do it, and they're coming off a World Series where even if the two of the three wait, free wait, agents... Wait, 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 And that's one of the World Series? You know, we forgot to mention at the beginning of the show this time. Uh, yes, the Washington Nationals are 2019 World Series champions. Huh, you, you don't say. And I completely forgot as I looked down wearing my 2019 World Series championship sweatshirt. I haven't taken mine off. Uh, actually, actually I, I'm currently wearing my uh, Stay in the Fight knockoff shirt that I bought uh, from a guy who was selling it outside the park after Game 3 of the NLCS for like 8 bucks. Uh, anyway. Yes, I have uh, one too. So, yes, the Nats are, you know, they won the World Series. They're coming from a very high peak right now. But if they want to bring a team back that is going to be as good or better than last year's, which is a doable goal. They're going to need to sign Rendon and Strasburg. Definitely Rendon. There may be ways to get around it with Strasburg, but there's no player. I mean, you can get you sign Donaldson. I mean, Donaldson's nearly Rendon. He's not exactly Rendon, but you can get very close to similar production from Rend- from Donaldson than you can with Rendon. I think we're really maybe people are forgetting about understand. how good Josh Donaldson is. Outside of his one injured year, you know, he's been at least a five-win player since 2013 every season. And sure. that, the only time he was below a six wins was when he didn't play a full season in 2017. That is very, very good. I mean, Josh Donaldson is no, no slouch. He's very, very good. And I think he can be had at a better price because of his older, he's older. I don't, so think, I don't think, think we're I talking think, about a better price on an AAV basis, maybe a little bit. But we're not talking about a major difference there. Probably, the point, probably about five to ten million difference, possibly. Josh Donaldson, he played in 155 games last year, which is incredible. But yes. he's he's going to be 34 next year. And yes, he was great in 2019. But in 2018 and 2017, he dealt with injury issues. In 17 it was and one in it was one injury, wasn't it's it? It's a it's a shoulder issue. You never know yeah, when that thing was, is going to come back. Well, I, I, I have no issue with going after Donaldson. I wouldn't say necessarily over Rendon, but you know you can you can be a very good team again next year with Donaldson and and Strasburg. But why is Donaldson a better bet to to perform better over the life of that contract than because it's three years versus I mean yeah, but Johnny Donaldson. Seven or eight. Is he's going to be 34, 34, 35, 36. To put that in perspective, Anthony Rendon will not be 34, 35, and 36 until the fifth, sixth, and seventh year of his contract. Yeah, but you don't know how the, Rendon will be in three years. 
why why do you think that Anthony Rendon will age poorly? Because he's he's been always slow to heal. That's the thing that's been worried for me. That's not going to get any better. Whenever he gets a small injury, it lingers with him, and that's not going to be something that heals better with age. I said this in the beginning of the season. But that's my main concern with the Rendon extension. I think that Anthony Rendon is a I mean, better bet. The reason bet. why he wasn't the first overall pick in college was because of his injury injury um, history. I get that, but but to say it in it's a, a, real in a sort of different way, who do you Donaldson think is a better one, bet? Donaldson has had one major injury. Rendon has had injury things linger with him his entire career. Anthony Rendon's well, also only ever had one major injury. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had an ankle injury in college. Well, yeah, I mean, since he's made the major leagues. He's had one yeah. injury-prone season. Every other year he's played at least 130 games. Uh, who do you think is a better bet to perform better over the next three seasons? Um, Ignoring seasons four through eight. I'm talking about over the life of a Josh Donaldson. Team. Probably, probably Rendon. Yes. But, I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge difference necessarily. Okay. I mean, R- uh, Donaldson was MVP in 2015. Yeah, I, I, he's just really good. I understand that he's really good. I know that. He's also 34, and Anthony Rendon was better than he was last year. Maybe not according to, I mean, it, it was very close. Uh, yeah. Baseball Reference has Josh Donaldson as a six-win player. It also has Anthony Rendon as a six-win player. I understand that. Uh, I just, I don't see Josh Donaldson as a better long-term bet. And you're not going to save all that much money in the short term. So, I mean, unless your concern is if you're the Nats 2023 through 2028, and it shouldn't be because I, I think the real issue with with Rendon right now is he has such high demand. It, 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 from what it seems like, it seems like so many teams are going after him. But Donaldson we'll has talk, that exact same demand. But I think the Nats can't get away with deferring the money that they want to. Maybe and that's going to be the huge turnoff with it. But they shouldn't have to anymore. the The excuse that was always made for why they were deferring money is that they. We're waiting for this Masson payment. And the Masson payment is almost due. Uh, I mean, uh, Masson can stall for maybe a little bit longer while the settlement gets fully negotiated, but the Nats are going to be getting that payment. There's no more stalling, and they're never going to be as cash-rich as they are right now coming off a World Series. They shouldn't need to defer that money. And I get that it is still, from an ownership perspective, and from a Scott Boris perspective, a great way to inflate the artificially inflate the value of the contract. Uh, yeah. For instance, Max Scherzer's contract was not really a two hundred and ten million dollar contract. It was more like an one hundred and eighty three million dollar contract, but it was inflated not not so much artificially, but he's still getting two hundred and ten million dollars, but over fourteen years. Uh, so Scott Boris gets to say, I got the largest contract ever for a pitcher, uh, at that time at least. And the Nats get to pay Scherzer what they actually thought he was worth. So I get that. Uh, but at the same time, if a deferred contract is the, bri- is the barrier between you bringing back Rendon and not, then there's no reason for you to do it. 
to defer it or not defer it? To defer. If, if that's the only barrier, if it's not the amount of money, but the deferrals in it, then the Nets don't, there's no excuse for them to, to structure the contract creatively anymore. Especially yeah. if that's going to mean that they don't get the player they want. Yeah. Do you think if the Nets had lost the World Series, they'd be more likely to keep Rendon and Strasburg and there's just less urgency now that they won? I don't know. I, I don't know. Especially how, also that Ted's no longer in, in charge of the team and it's Mark. I don't and, know how that's changed things. I know that, like, I, at the beginning of the offseason, I said that the Nats could go one of two ways. Uh, well, really one of three ways. They could use their no, newfound cash, pour it back into the team, and try and, if not repeat, bring the whole gang back together. Uh, they could keep uh, their salaries, I mean, they could keep their payroll more or less stable, still try and bring both back, uh, but have limits and uh, operate just like they were, you know, a normal franchise. Uh, or they could say, we won the World Series, our urgency is gone, now let's try and turn this thing into a profit machine. Uh, and it's obviously way too early to say which of the latter two tactics they've chosen, but it's clear they're not going to go with number one. No. Which is disappointing. It's disappointing, yeah. But I, I, I get it. Why and do you run, get it? Because, I mean, they've run the highest, some of the highest payrolls in baseball the last couple of years. Right. And it worked. They won the World Series. So why and not? Why not? And they, but that's the point. They made money off of that. They made true. huge money off of the World Series. And I get that investing in a World Series winner or trying to invest to make a World Series winner is not an easy investment because it is a, an investment fraught with risk. Uh, the best teams in baseball lose all the time. The Nats beat the top two teams in baseball uh, on their way to the World Series, which they won, by the way. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. It's true. You can look it up and everything. Uh so I understand that, and I understand that the division is getting better, uh, and there's no guarantee, even with Strasburg and Rendon, that the Nats win the division in 2020. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, we're talking about having to spend 70 to $80 million just to bring back a team that's as good as it was last year. And I understand why they wouldn't be super interested in doing that. But... At the same time, there's no excuse not to. If you're really trying to win ball games, I mean, the Nats the thing have is, the Nats still have other holes they have to fill too. Yeah, and, and they can they can absolutely do that. No, that's not true. They need to get like three relievers, a first baseman. Um, yeah, right. They need to get three relievers, a first baseman, and maybe another infielder. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not impossible, John. No, not, it's not. We're talking about a payroll that would be somewhere in the 215 to 218 range, something that would still be under the first threshold. And with the, the penalties resetting, we're talking about them maybe paying $3 million in tax. Yeah. That's half of what they just gave Howie Kendrick. It's not a lot of money, especially when you're talking about the fact that they've made so much from this World Series. Listen, I, I am very grateful 
that the Nets and the Lerner family spent $200 million a year over the last three. I know that there are a lot of teams in baseball that haven't done that. And, uh, you know, it, it worked. It got them a World Series. But that's the point. It worked. It got them that World Series. And that was a financial windfall for them. And, and I think from a business perspective, maybe it's not the safest bet, but it, it can be a very lucrative one. And going halfway with it, signing one but not the other, running a payroll that's still $180 million for a team that has very low odds of winning the World Series is a pretty dumb bet, too. I mean, if you're going to cut slash payroll, you slash it all the way. Uh, no half measures. Sure. But they shouldn't do that either. Uh, I just I think it's dumb. I think it was dumb that they said it. I, I don't really understand what it was. If we give Mark Lerner the benefit of the doubt and pretend it was a negotiating strategy, it's a terrible negotiating strategy because Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg share the same agent, and it puts that agent in an incredibly difficult position where he knows that the fate of one of his players has a big impact on the, on the fate of another one. Uh, it makes it harder for him to negotiate, and it makes him angry. Yeah. I just... And not only does uh, Boris control Rendon and Strasburg, he's also got uh, Dallas Keuchel and Yunjin Ryu if you choose to go a different route with the starting pitching. So I I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know either. Um, Anyway, looking forward to the winter meetings now. And that pretty much was a preview of the winter meetings for the next. And I am, I am looking forward to the winter meetings. I think I it'll actually been be active. fun. I mean, this last week has been so active. It's been exciting. It has been. It feels been. like it's going to keep boiling over uh, to the winter meetings. It sounds like it's going to be an active winter meetings for like the first time in years, which is really happy. It makes me happy because it's been terrible the last couple of years. So uh, I guess the first question is, do you expect any one of the, the big three free agents, Strasburg, Cole, and Rendon, to sign. I and, think Strasburg will be the first domino to fall, and he'll fall this week in San Diego. And where do you think he'll go? I think he's coming home. To San Diego? No, to us. Beautiful. Sorry, vague. I think he's staying with the Nets. I, I think I think he's a guy that the Nets want over Rendon. I think just you know, kind of they've they've seemed more convinced that he just with the rumors and everything, that it's likely that he's going to come back. Um, you know, we're still seen as the odds-on favorite to keep him from all the reporting. Yep. Uh, I think that we'll, we'll strike a deal with him this week. Yeah. Uh, and just one more point on the, the learner thing. Uh, we got some news from Bob Nightingale, so take it with as many grains of salt as you can that the Phillies might be in on Rendon and that they may be willing to cross the luxury tax threshold to make that happen. And if you're the Washington Nationals, you can't let that happen. No. I mean, we said this last year at Harper, and it worked out well for us, but um, you can't let them take another one of your best offensive pieces. Well, and you can't let them cross the luxury tax threshold to do it. Because, I mean, if, if they're willing to do it, you have to be. Because... Yeah. If if the Phillies sign Rendon, it's just I just don't see a way that the the Nats win the division or the uh, wild card spot even. 
No. I mean, because they're competing against a team that was four wins better than them and a team that will have just added, we're talking about maybe $400 million in payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I caught adding another 350 the year offseason before. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, other moves. What moves? Do you see any trades being made at the winter meetings? Uh, um, I mean, you, where do you think worst prospects going? Or you think who uh, of the top three? Do you think any of them are going to sign this week? You know, I see Cole going to the Yankees this week. That seems. I think they all might sign this week. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, everyone who has sources, so not us, because we don't know anything, but uh, everyone who has sources seems convinced that it's possible that none of the three go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand that, especially with Cole, because it seems like the places uh, the place that everyone is in the Cole sweepstakes is that they're just making their initial bids now. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I've seen from the reporting is that everyone who's making initial bids is very serious. They all understand yeah. that at the very worst, this is going to be a record-setting contract for a pitcher, which means mm-hmm. over $217 billion. Um and if everyone is in the right ballpark, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't go fast. Yeah. So, especially at the winter meetings when everyone's there. Yeah. I do. Uh, so, what's your prediction? I just made it. Call to the Yankees. I call the Yankees. Right. Sorry. Um, so trades. Going back to that. Um, I mean, d- yeah, there'll be some trades. Uh, I think. I mean, in, in terms I mean, I don't of think big Lindor, trades, get it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Lindor is the top name that's most likely to get traded this offseason for some reason. Um, I think he could move this week. Uh, he's probably the most likely to move this week, I'd say. Lindor to the Dodgers, let's yeah. say. I think that's the sort of con- – I, I would say that Bryant would be the most likely player to get moved this offseason. Yeah. Uh, but that's not going to happen until that grievance is settled. because That grievance is, is settled also Rendon and Donaldson sign. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. The, the thing about Bryant is it's, that he's a good enough player that he's a viable alternative to either of those two guys. Yep. Uh, but with the grievance out there, I mean, you're more likely than not going to get two years out of him, but I wouldn't make a deal until I was sure about that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the other alternative is you could just extend him, but uh, I don't know. That doesn't seem likely. I mean, the the Cubs have had trouble negotiating that extension, although there's a lot of history there, and that's why the grievance is filed. Um, But yeah, I would say that you're probably right that if a big, giant deal gets done, it's probably Lindor, and it's probably the Dodgers. I just don't see where else, who else would trade for him. What contenders need a shortstop? I mean, that's true. Uh, I mean, we were talking off mic about this, off air about this, about the Nationals possibly trading for a third baseman. I mean, you could try to get clever and get Lindor. I, the problem is the Nats just don't have the pieces to get him. No. The well, Nats have close. no prospects. They've got one, no. uh, and, and he's not he's even really the in the ballpark. Yeah. It well, obviously. Next year. You can change the plan if you get Francisco Lindor. That's true. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't see the Nats as being able or willing to trade for a third baseman. So it's really Donaldson or Rendon. And my big concern is that Donaldson goes before Rendon, 
uh, not to the Nats. And there's a way that this plays out that the Nats get stuck on third base. If I don't if think Don- they will. Just from the way they're talking, it sounds like they're going to be quick to move on past Rendon if they don't get a deal done this sure, week. Sure, but if Donaldson moves during the winter meetings, which he might, he's got. Yeah. I mean, he's got just as wide a market as Rendon, perhaps even wider, because I know the Dodgers are talking about maybe getting creative with Rendon with the short-term contract, but they don't have to if they can sign Donaldson to that same short-term contract. Uh, so that's the thing that concerns me. The Nats get shut out on Donaldson, uh, sign Strasburg over the next couple weeks or maybe this week, and then are left unwilling to, to put out a bid for Rendon, uh, and, and have no options at third base. Uh, obviously there are ways they can get creative. There's a lot of smaller time third baseman on the market who are more two win players than seven win players. Uh, I just, I I don't see the Nats coming out of third base empty handed. There are only two viable options for them right now. I think they'll get one of them. Well, one can hope. I mean, they have to, I mean, I think at this point they can get Donaldson. That's another thing. I don't really like Josh Donaldson as a human being. I don't really know much about him. He's, He's very high energy. Uh, And, you know, normally I would dismiss something like this because he's not exactly a bad teammate. Uh, I know that the the Braves – no, the Braves felt at the beginning of the year that he didn't, you know, fit in with their vibe. They actually had to have Freddie Freeman talk to him. Uh, He's a very sort of – I don't want to say me first, but he's sort of Harper-esque in his – general attitude uh he's also very sort of i don't know he he's a lot uh and he's not a bad teammate by any stretch but uh not to you know over inflate the value of team chemistry but the the 2019 nats did sort of uh show that team chemistry isn't worth nothing they Uh, won just because they had enough heart you know, you can you can mock that as much as you want, but it's not wrong. No, it's the the stay in the fight shirt that I'm wearing is kind of a testament to that. Yeah, I also think you know the reliever market's going to move this week. Yeah, um, I think I think Archie what Bradley. Is, what I think, is okay, the reliever interesting market? Interesting trade. Interesting trade. I think is going to happen. I think Archie Bradley's going to move. Where do you think he'll go? Interesting. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of teams that need him. Yeah, uh, I I could see well. The problem with reliever trade market is, I mean, there's one more big reliever out on the free agent market, uh, and that's Will Will Smith or Will Harris, excuse me. Will Harris. Uh, Joe Smith is also out there, as is Sergio Romo, although he's supposed to move at some point early uh, next week. Right. Uh, and the Nats, as we've said, really need three more relievers, and I don't know if they'll be in play for Will Harris. Uh, so. I could see them being very active in the reliever trade market. Mm-hmm. Uh, team like the Rays, who have like a billion relievers. Right. Thousands of interchangeable part relievers. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Rays are always looking to move a reliever. They're always looking to move players for cheaper players. Yes. Like Tommy Pham. That's true. That I, I couldn't believe. I mean, it. Slapdick prospect. 
<sighs> the Rays. I mean, uh, it's just not so exist. disappointing. No, and I, it's just, I get the move from their perspective. I get the, if you have hard payroll caps, you do need to, to keep moving and churning slightly worse and slightly cheaper players in. If you have those very rigid payroll limitations, you do kind of need to operate like the Rays do. But it's impossible to watch. And, and frankly, they don't need to operate that way because the payroll limitations that they have are very much a product of ownerships wanting to take as much money as they can out of that organization. Uh, so it's just, I, I can't imagine ever being a Rays fan. I mean, not that I know any of them, but it just, unless you're, unless you're willing to sort of go full on Stockholm syndrome and adopt the mindset of the GM, you're not going to be able to enjoy that team because you can't buy a Jersey. I mean, you don't know if the player ability if you don't like you don't know if the player you like this year is going to be on the team next year even if he's under contract i like my player player a payroll flexibility jersey that's a great idea mm-hmm. keeping that payroll under it'll be a number 72 million yep i like it anyway um unless there's mm-hmm. anything else you want to talk about no i think um yeah my prediction is Strasburg signs with that i think this will be an active weekend for the Nats, or a week for the Nats. I think they kind of had a slow start just because of many reasons. Yes. Uh, World Series, Rizzo got married, um, Mazel's to him. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, this will be the week that they finally start moving on the market. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a guarantee that they make a big, flashy move at the winter meetings. Uh, like I, can I, I, them, I can see them filling their reliever hole. That's exactly right. I could see yeah. that absolutely happening because, yeah. like we said, they do need so many relievers. Plus, relievers tend to go quickly. I mean, they've even in the the depressed market days of 2017 and 18, well, relievers did seem to go. It. Well, I, I gotta say though, players are getting good money this offseason. Well, you know, I, I don't. You know, in, in hindsight, looking back at the previous off seasons. Players that went early still got paid. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this reflects a change in approach by management or players. I know that management has, at least according to reports, been more uh, willing to sit down with players earlier this offseason. They've been taking meetings, whereas they hadn't last year. But, um, yeah, it's been active. The players who have gone have been paid or, you know, perhaps in the case of Wheeler and maybe Moustakis overpaid. Uh, not that that really means anything, but it's, it's just interesting. It's ha- it's good to see. Yeah. As a fan. Uh, I, I like the Philly sign. Wheeler, like, listen, I don't, I don't, they might be able to fix him. That's just crushed Zach Wheeler in his career. He's yep. a five ERA against the Nets. Five and 10 with a five Oh one ERA. It was over six last year. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I don't think that changes the balance of power in the NL East really at all. No, uh, I think if they keep adding, then yeah. I think the Braves offseason strategy has been lauded by a lot of people, but you know, it's good to see someone moving early, uh, 
and trying to add to their bullpen. Uh, I, I really like the Hamels signing for them. I think Cole Hamels still has something left. Would really like to see Hamels in Philly again, but uh, that's just Why as a fan. Would you like to see that? Yes, I guess as a fan. I don't know. I've always liked Cole Hamels. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he is, but I, I think he's maybe closer to the Hall of Fame than people realize. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think maybe a couple more good years in Philadelphia would have done something. I think. I mean, his plan it seems like is just go on one year deals from here on out. Yep. Uh, with contenders. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, the point being that the Philly or the, the Braves, you know, they've made a lot of nice literal, little and medium sized moves, but in an ideal or quasi ideal world, they'd be for a Braves fan, they'd be in on the bigger pieces mm-hmm. uh, and there's no talk of them being in on the bigger pieces. I mean, that team needs an ace just as badly as any contender, but they're not in the conversation for Strasburg or for Cole. Yeah. So yeah. A team with, if that team had an ace, that's uh, one of the best teams in the NL. Well, and, and it really, one of the best team in the West. I mean, they've already got Mike Soroka, who I do think is going to be very good. Oh yeah. He uh, was very good last year. No, I mean, I, I don't think last year is a fluke is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and he's only 21 years old. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they lost game five of their playoff series because they started a guy who had been sent down to AAA midway well, through the year. That's and not, I mean, that's, um, what? The, 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 God, the manager's name. Brian Snicker? Snicker's fault, yeah, for lining up his rotation the way he did. That's true. Uh, but the point is that they, could have easily had Soroka for that. They could have easily had Soroka for Game 5, but if they were interested in going all in and winning a World Series next year, a true ace would be a great addition for them. But they're not interested in that. Anyway, so they've gotten plaudits, and I think they deserve them. But a team like that should absolutely be in on the the biggest free agents, and they they haven't been. Yeah, that's true. But I think, I mean, it's going to be a tough NL East again next year. Even... I, it could be even tougher than it was this year. Yeah. Assuming the Phillies play to where they should play. They're going to be better. they got to be better next year. I mean, they're going to be better next year. They will, they, have, have they will have a manager who's not going to murder every reliever in sight, which will be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 just mean, I think as it is right now, I mean, they might pick to win the division just because they have someone who knows. And that offense was good last year. They have someone who knows what they're doing at manager. So I would wait I to think, make that until the I don't know the I, top I three think, free agents go. Off I the think board. Harper has a big, big year next year. I mean, this is still very early, but I just think he has a lot to prove now that the Nats won the World Series. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. <laughs> I think he'll play like it. Also, did you see the post he made on Thanksgiving? Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I know, extreme uh, ex-boyfriend. Who got dumped and wants to show the world he's doing fine energy? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I does does having won the World Series this year make you care less about what happens next year? I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm kind of like like I don't. I'm not as upset. Like the Phillies are getting better. I'm not as upset that the Braves are adding pieces. 
than I would be. I don't really. I think it does make it. It does make it better. I mean, I'd like to see the Nats get better too. Obviously. Well, so this, if the Nats sign Strasburg and Rendon, and they give an honest shot to winning the division next year, and they come up short, I will not be mad about that. Mm-hmm. The thing that will make me mad is if the Nats decide to cheap out or, or half measure it and come into the season with a talent base that's not as good on paper as the rest of the division purely by choice um, and then don't win the division. That would be a disappointment. But if they, you know, if they bring the boys back and the victory run doesn't go as planned, there's nothing you can do about that. It happens. I mean, they've got a, a team that's anchored by a, a 35-year-old starter with back problems. Yeah, there's plenty not, of downside risk. I'm concerned risk about Scherzer next year, but we'll 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 get into that next year. I'm not concerned. Um, so my main, much my main the, thing with the Nats next year is what you've said a lot is that you know the best case scenario for the Nats this offseason is that they're the same team yes. as next year, and the tricky part is, I mean, that's involves signing two of the three top free agents, and you lose Rendon. And this is what you've been saying a lot: is it's hard to make up that value that you get in Rendon. There's nobody else out there. It's the problem is is that you you know if if you can't improve upon Rendon, there's nobody available who's better than Rendon or even equal to Rendon. And right. I know Donaldson's close, but he's not. Right. And so it's just a tricky it's a tricky situation for the Mets. It, and it doesn't have to be though. It, it is. It just is because it's two of the three top free agents that are highly competitive. And yes, they have an in because they're re-signing and they won the World Series. But it's still, they're still free agents and they're testing the markets and they're... As long for, as they're, as long as they're willing to pay. Boris, Boris treats it as everyone is, you're a free agent now, you know, play it whoever you want it. Well, we don't, we don't really has, know the how strong. the ultimate choice, but, but it's, it's, it's Boris. No, I, I know. I know that's true. But the Nats can... All it's going to take to bring both of those guys back is it's money. a lot of money. It's just going to take the winning bid. It's not that complicated. Uh, it's it, a matter it, of... it is complicated. I mean, we're talking... Inherently, it, no, it's not that complicated. You just spend a lot of money. But that's not... It's easy to say that as the person not spending the money. And I know they're billionaires, and we shouldn't care about billionaires' monies. But, I mean... Well, I mean, I we're talking know. about we're talking about a worst case scenario, maybe seventy million in salary this year to those two players, as opposed to sixty million if they don't get crazy with the bids. What's an extra ten million to a team that just made possibly you know fifty, sixty, seventy million from this this season alone? That's what I'm uh. saying. I guess it's it's still tricky though. It it just is because they're two of the three top free agents, and there's I know. a lot of competition. And you know they might want to change the scenery. I don't know what Rendon wants. No one knows what he wants. I can't imagine he'd want to change the scenery. You, but yeah, like like we've been saying, uh, or at least like I've been saying, it's not great to play armchair psychologist with these guys. You're not in their heads. You don't know them. Uh, I'm not friends with Anthony Rendon. I think the best. Uh, insight we have into Strasburg's mind is that he's signed an extension once before. 
And he bought a home in D.C., but you can always move again. Yeah, I don't think that's a big deal, the fact that he bought a home in D.C. But the fact that he signed an extension there is probably the best indicator that he'll sign another one. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a possibility, an unlikely one, that they end up with neither player. Uh, and I think the way the offseason's shaping up, where Cole could be the first to go, uh, I don't know that that hurts them necessarily, because I think if Cole goes, maybe they'll step up their, their efforts to get Strasburg. But, you know, I, I think there's maybe a 15% chance that they end up with neither, and that would be disappointing. Yeah. Well, if they end up with neither, then they get Cole and Donaldson. Yeah. I mean, it, if you bring Cole and Donaldson in, you're pretty much equal in terms of talent to where you were. And mm-hmm. you can make a pretty good, dispassionate argument that Cole is a better investment than Strasburg. He is. Uh, I mean, I mean even, even for the, the guy money. Who's not had... He hasn't had arm injury. Nope. Uh, Three of the last four years, he's been over 200 innings. Yeah, it's a better investment, I think. It's just the fact that Strasburg's our guy. It's the difference. Yeah. If if Strasburg weren't in that, then it would be a different thing with who If Strasburg weren't in that and also hadn't just won a World Series MVP. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, I, I would be... It's hard to say how I'd feel if the Nats signed Cole and Donaldson and Rendon and Strasburg walked. Uh, they both went to the Phillies. Yeah, that would probably suck. Yes, it would. Uh, they should not do that. No. Anyway, I think this is as good a time to wrap up as any before we get sort of rambling and discursive. Uh, what have we been doing for the past 15 minutes? I think we've been holding court and having a very nice discussion. Anyway, that's it for us this week. We'll probably, if breaking news happens this week, we'll be back with an episode. Yep. Um, that night. But until then, we'll hopefully see you with good news this week. Or maybe not. Who knows? We'll see you with news, hopefully, by the end of yes. this week. All, All right. right.